You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot some. I can't Bourbon County brand coffee stout. Um, we have. We just poured that. Yeah, that King Sue. King Sue. It's delicious. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're going to do part two of Happy Anniversary, Happy Birthday to us, Pints and Provisions. This is Evan. Ryan and Mark are here. Yep. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. And Brian's still hanging on. Uh, he's saying our fan club is mostly dissipated, but. We're making new fans here because uh, Poor Brothers, gracious enough to host us for this, uh, is starting to fill up, I think, mostly because there's an NFL playoff game. I'd like to think it's for us, but it's not. Um, I also want to give a quick shout-out to our friends on the Hopped Up Network, Three Beers In, uh, out of Austin, Texas. They're also celebrating their one-year anniversary, one-year birthday. So happy birthday to those guys, too. Happy birthday. Go check them out on anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, you'll you'll find they have definitely a very animated and um, colorful take on the beers, especially local beers. And they don't give short uh, a short list of beers there in Austin. They've got a very long list, so they enjoy it. Yeah. We poured some King Sue from Toppling Goliath. They tapped that, so we're going to try to empty that keg here before they yes, please <laughs> before they uh, run out. Uh, but we also poured the Bourbon County brand coffee stout from 2014 that. Um, the best bartender in the world, Phil, shared with us. Graciously gave he, us a nice bottle of uh, this beer. I think all, he, it, took, he, all it took was uh, I gave him a glass. and He is a selfless man. Yeah. He's just got all this stuff <laughs> behind the bar ready to serve out. It was great. He's been waiting for one of those pints and provisions glasses, and so he's got one now. I think that's what it was. You gave him the glass, so. and it did it. Um, nah, he would have he done it anyways, but... And also thanks to the Peoria Heights Chamber of Commerce for coming out. Uh, they were here to check us out. Uh, of course, we're here to support Poor Brothers uh, and just kind of talk about what we love. But uh, thanks to, to them for always giving us a little bit of a shout out. But again, all the credit goes to Poor Brothers when it comes to places in the Heights to go for a drink. Absolutely. Yep. So we're going to dive into the provisions uh, side of the Pints and Provisions podcast because I wanted to not only go over all the best beers and breweries that we just talked about in our last episode, but we wanted to go over a little bit of food and a little bit of like cocktail drink wine favorites for the year. Daniel, again, has not been able to be with us today due to son's illness and work. Uh, plus, he's in Chicago, but he did supply me his list. And this is a very detailed list, by the way of three things he loved best about food for him in 2018. 
So I'm just going to dive right in. Number one, sous vide ribeye at a bath of 129 degrees and then a cast iron reverse sear. Nice. Not a bad way to do it. Now, if you have a sous vide at home, of course, that's like a, a little um, sauna slash hot tub for your meat or anything else. And he liked it is at uh, 129 degrees, which I would assume is probably pretty rare. That's yeah, anywhere. One, 129 is about, actually, it's probably actually, a little bit Medium closer. rare? It's, I mean, it's definitely medium rare, maybe yeah. even a little bit. I would say, in my opinion. Medium rare is uh, like 135? I would say 125 to 130 is going to be going to be in that rare to, yeah and then as you approach 130 135 is going to be medium rare i try to get closer to 135 and yeah. then of course if you reverse sear yeah you probably cook it down a little you sure. cook it up a little bit more yeah. but that's the way I to did do that it last night not on uh, sous vide but that's one of my favorite nice. methods is Great. the reverse I think sear. mark you i think you influenced me to start it and, and mark did me too yep. so thank um, you thank you very much thank you <laughs> number two he put down pork belly brussels sprouts delicious oh yeah brussels sprouts have now become one of my favorites in terms of a accoutrement slash vegetable to a meat and it's amazing that that is one of those vegetables that as a kid you are right frightened terrified that would make a kid like run away if you had to feed it and now as an adult bring it on and I will say, uh, with Dan being my brother-in-law, I've had a, the opportunity to have his Brussels sprouts many times. And, you know, shout out to Dan. I think he does them better than anybody. I, they are delicious. Ooh, I had them, too, when we went up and did our trivia night episode before. I, gra- I just sort of decided to eat everything that you guys had made, and that was one of my favorites. Yeah, it was fantastic. But if, I guess if you do it with pork belly. Everything, mm-hmm. everything tastes better everything's with pork belly. better with pork belly. <laughs> Um, and then lastly, he put a, and Mark, you may have to help me out with this because he put a cold smoked brisket, 200 degrees sous vide for 18 hours. Did he sous vide a brisket? Sounds like it. So I'm, I'm wondering if he probably smoked it first, kind of, uh, he said cold smoke. So I would say very low, more or less just to get the, the smoke, uh, in it and then, then finished it in sous vide maybe i guess that's i didn't get clarification like. but that's what it sounds like almost kind of the concept of a reverse sear but instead of finishing it on a hot grill you're finishing it in the sous vide as letter can letter kenley letter kenny would say that sounds like overhandling to me but if you like sous vide there are a lot of products out there that you could do the sous vide with and steaks chicken pork just about anything you can cook to an absolute precise temperature and then you usually want to sear it off and i tell you what these things do not look appetizing when you pull them out of the ziploc bag from the sous vide but once you sear them they're cooked perfectly period i think the it was either the williams sonoma or maybe KitchenAid. i don't even know what it's called that does the sous vide if i don't exactly what the the machine is but it's a um um circulation it's a hot tub it's a hot tub for meat <laughs> it's kind of like a sl- i mean it looks like a slow cooker basically from the outside um other mine, than what it fun- the functionality but i guess what i was just gonna say real quick is i think it was like the number one gift uh yeah, the people probably. gave for like a, the top gifts to give for 2018 is because it's just Everyone just loves how the meat turns out from one of those things. And like you said, you can do more than meat in it. And yeah. um, I don't think, unless I, I got it from 
some you know I didn't know the method, but I don't think I've actually eaten anything from one. So I'd love to give that a try at some point. But if we only we thought about buying one, but I was just like, well, I haven't even had it before. Ryan, so Ryan, if we only knew someone locally that had one, that would invite us over for dinner. Evan. Okay. Oh, so, oh, says the guy that has the best back porch for smoking cigars that never invites us over. No. Oh, Except once this year that I was unavailable. Hey, hey, yeah, open exactly. invitation. Open invitation. <laughs> anytime. That'll that'll be our um, cigar smoking episode and bourbon drinking episode is going over go. to Mark's house. Please. But you just have to bring your Jefferson um, presidential select 16 year. Uh, I finished clap, it. Clap, 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 clap. I'm working on getting another one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I finished Snap. it. No. Yeah. All right. It well, was so good that I just, that was kind of my go-to for the last, like, three months when I was wanting a bourbon. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so good. never mind. Um, my one I'll of have my, a new one soon, my I number one, and I only recently did this, and this was on our Instagram account, was uh, spatchcocking. I had never spatchcock. I have never spatchcocked a chicken, and spatchcocking at least I don't know if you would spatchcock anything else other than a chicken. Uh, I mean, you could do uh, some smaller bird like. Uh, you can make an argument for anything like a duck or like anything a quail. that has a backbone. Yeah, I mean, Water are you going to spatchcock a turkey? Probably not, but you could, technically. So you basically, you cut out the spine, and then you flatten it with the breast side up. And then you, you tuck the it's wings gonna under. It's going to give them much more even uh, cooking. So you have a flat chicken instead of having this round thing, and you put it in the oven, and you butter and garlic the H-E double hockey sticks out of it. Yep. And it makes the juiciest, most, I mean, tender chicken in an oven that you can make. And so it was one or, of my favorite. Or, or on a smoker. Or on a smoker. You can, yeah, spatchcock it and do it on a smoker. But it's also like one of those things where I've seen where you can put bricks on it to sort of weigh it down and flatten it out when yeah. you do it on your grill or you do it on your smoker. I think if I think if you spatchcock it and break it and, and push it down flat, you really don't even need, need the weight. Right, right. If you do it properly. It maybe made quite a big smell slash, you know, lingering, you know, uh, perfume in the house. But it was one of those as a as a guy, you're just like, oh, I'm good with that. I'm okay with the house smells like this. And it went over really well, and it made great all the extra parts and extra bits. Really good. Sure. Number two, we already talked about it, sous vide, which is basically like a hot tub for your meat. But you can do other stuff. We have done. Hard-boiled eggs, which you can cook. You can you can you can make runny yolks on the inside. I've heard you can do a bunch with eggs, and I just eggs I, are great. Without using one of those things, I can't envision how that's even possible. But I would, I would, well, I've heard that a bunch. Well, because you set it at a temperature, and it, yeah. it won't go over the temperature, so it never will overcook. Yeah. See, in my mind, like obviously meat is great, but I would think uh, vegetables would be great because sometimes you can tend to overcook vegetables and they dry I think, out. I think asparagus, asparagus is a popular yes. one. It's in them. tough, though, because what you want to do is try to eliminate all the air in there. And so if you have a vacuum sealer, asparagus is great. If you don't, it's tough because asparagus doesn't lay well in gotcha. a Ziploc bag. Yeah. But we've done other things. Uh, eggs are really good. Um, we've always done meat. And like for my wife, who and my kids love chicken, for my wife, Making sure that chicken is always appropriately cooked is important to her. You always know that the chicken is cooked with right. a sous vide, always, because you bring it to the appropriate temperature. But it's a it's a pretty well utilized high mileage um, 
kitchen utensil, basically. Um, number three, reverse searing. I bet Mark will probably speak to this, and I'll let Mark speak to this because he's the expert. But reverse searing is one of those um, techniques that I will never go back from. It is the way now that I want to do a steak. And I'm just going to go my only other honorable mention here on my list, and this is because this actually was probably one of my favorite dishes slash food items that I ate over the past year. I was at the Girl and the Goat, and it was not any amazing thing on their menu, but their green beans. Their green beans were some of the best vegetable green beans I've ever had in my life. And the key was they said that they made a like a shallot and fish, fish sauce vinaigrette and topped it with... And, and cook them in fish mm. sauce. Sounds so that good. just shows you that fish sauce can be a great accoutrement to adding a lot of like um, salinity or like that saline, that saltiness to, to sure. items without adding um, salt. Simple vegetables can, done the right way, blow your mind. Can be, yeah, mind right. blowing. Yeah. And that was mind blowing. Yeah. And it was amazing. Like I met and, the girl and in the They goat. don't even have to use like mind blowing techniques and no. ingredients but I done mean, the, the right way the and they've can got be super flavorful and really enjoyable that, or nothing that anything else anywhere else in chicago has and i'm blown away by the green beans definitely all right that's that's me for food so my is that the cue to me you bet so uh i have two again I guess I would like to point out that it took us 364 days to actually really get into the provisions part. Good for us. <laughs> no, we had we had, We've had a little bit of had, bourbon uh, and cigars, but we haven't done much hot. on. Well, you missed you meet you missed meat fest. I listened, but meat we fest. haven't done this much on food and restaurants and methodologies. Uh, I I don't think. I like that we're dedicating but this whole I episode like it. to it. It's great. So. Uh, all the cheering in the background for the listeners uh, is not for us. It is for the NFL game on TV. But uh, no, it's for us. It's for us. <laughs> Spoiler alert: <laughs> <laughs> the episode before this, assuming we break this up, we, we'll say that's for us, not for the NFL there playoffs. Go. There you go. This King Sue, by the way, is um, great. Yeah, it oh is. And uh, and thanks, Phil, for that 2014 Bourbon County coffee. Um, Very good. Their older Bourbon County coffees age gracefully. It's we really impressive. You, so we do love Phil. So. Um, I'm going to stick with my uh, my latest theme and just do uh, kind of a best and talk about that and, and then just a quick honorable mention. So um, I think I mentioned on, a, on one of the recent episodes I did a very, very quick three-day ski trip uh, with my father uh, in mid, mid-December in uh, Vail, Colorado, a place he does a guy's trip uh, pretty much once a year. And they go for a week. So I was able to get in there for three days uh, with work and other conflicts and stuff. And um, <laughs> my wife's going to hate me for this because I think my best meal of the year was while I was out there. Nice. Um, part of it will come with the answer to question four. But for this, um, we went to a place called Sweet Basil. And if you look it up, it's pretty much listed as one of the best restaurants in the state of Colorado. Uh, probably the best restaurant hands down in Vail. Uh, it's been around for like 41 years, so it's like a really, really incredible place. It's been around. It's got a lot of history, uh, and the food is just, it's just spectacular. So um, I had a Wagyu steak from oh. Snake River Farms in Boise, Idaho. That's a well-known place, right? And it is a well-known place, but they try to keep things mostly local, so if it's not from Colorado, it's kind of in the mountains, kind of out west and things like that, and so... Um, They've got a relationship with that farm, and so they did this Wagyu steak. They cut it up. It was perfectly Japanese cooked medium. Japanese or Australian Wagyu? Japanese. 
uh, and it was perfectly cooked. They cut it up for you, and it was on top of a bacon cheddar bread pudding. Oh, good lord. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was <laughs> terrific. Um, and then a mix of, like, parsnip and uh, some Ooh, veggies nice. and some herbs, uh, and it was it was really something else. And um, I'll save the other part for later, but uh, the pl- that restaurant itself, we had, we had this... Uh, Kind of like a a, a a sushi salmon appetizer with like a you know just it was like salmon I mean it was like a raw salmon with with a nice soy sauce but their own special sauce with it so kind of all that combined uh, with some great company and um, we had some good wine we had another drink that I really liked uh, that was that made it that made it really special so. But that steak itself, they had a little sauce with it too, a little red wine reduction. Uh, it was it was something else. That sounds um, amazing. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Um, and then just a quick uh, quick little honorable mention. This sound this is not going to sound. There's no way I can sell this as good as it was. Uh, but it was a brunch my wife and I had in Manhattan Beach uh, in August. We went out there for a volleyball tournament, professional volleyball tournament. We went to a very, very popular place called the Strand House. It's right on the the boardwalk on Manhattan Beach. You're looking out at the ocean, and whatnot. We went there for brunch, and really, the whole thing as a as a whole was just a spectacular brunch meal. And I got a skillet, so it's really nothing that special. Yeah, you're like, okay, I'll get. And a skillet. my wife got, got an like- eggs Benedict, but the skillet with you know you're in Southern California, and so uh, a skillet with some probably four or five different kind of peppers. They had like poblanos, uh, serranos, and, you know, a few other just regular peppers, but they're all super fresh. Big slices of avocado um, just with like an egg and potato and cheese dish. My wife got uh, an Eggs Benedict that was probably the best one that I've ever had. And then we got a... I love Eggs Benedict, my favorite breakfast dish, period. And that's hers too, and I'm not a huge fan of it, but this thing was really, really good. And then we got a, like a fruit bowl as just an extra component. And I'm not kidding, the blackberries were twice the size of like my thumb. Mutant blackberries. The, the biggest and freshest fruit. Your thumb or my thumb? <laughs> Either. I have <laughs> that, big hands. Oh, so. Uh, and there's like a, a raspberry sorbet in the middle. It was just, there's not really, I mean, when we're talking about all these different meats and different things, like it's hard to yeah. bring a breakfast into it. But, you know, we had some craft cocktails for brunch. It was right before going to the volleyball tournament. So the whole thing was just a really nice experience with my wife and I. And uh, cool. the food was, it's something I took a picture of. And as I was kind of scrolling through different things from 2018, it's something I know uh, her and I will remember for a long time, and the food was spectacular. So no complaints, and that's it. Awesome. Have you, have you ever smoked a skillet, uh, did a skillet smoke? Yeah. Like with a breakfast skillet for on sure. your smoker? Yeah. So good. Uh, I mean, you know, whatever you want ingredients-wise. Uh, sweet you know, potatoes, eggs, red I mean, peppers. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, sky's uh, the limit. Okay. Well, that's something that's the I, other need, thing. I need to expand my uh, You can put anything in it. Anything in it. Just do and, the cast iron skillet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's but probably our number one kitchen utensil is our cast iron, skillet. our cast iron skillets. Absolutely. Like we have full full pan sets and pots and pans and everything, but I, I gravitate towards my cast iron stuff. I just got a carbon steel skillet for Christmas. Okay, cool. Ooh. 
which apparently, according to many chefs, is the number one, even beyond a cast iron. We'll see how it turns out. I mean, it looks and you treat it just like a cast iron, but... That's cool. I don't know. I'm not as experienced of a chef as I, those I, guys. I even use the cast iron, so not even in the kitchen, but I take a, a flat cast iron skillet and I put it on my grill when I'm searing. As well, well, oh yeah, I've done that a few times. And we picked up a tip from the barracks, um, doing a cookie in the cast iron oh, yeah. skillet. Oh yeah, is the biggest hit <laughs> when <laughs> you have guests over. <laughs> guests and the kids make a cast iron skillet cookie. Uh, Brian's over there, like Brian's yep. nodding. He's he's enjoyed these uh, the cast iron. <laughs> the barrack family cookie skillet. Yes, yes. Yeah. So we stole that from. We call it the barrack family cookie skillet when we do it. Sure, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I don't think it was us. But uh, we'll, I'll own that. That's yeah, you can own that. Um, gosh, all this food stuff is making me hungry. All right, yeah, Mark's up. Exactly. This is going to be hard. Oh, yeah, this is. So we have. Uh, Saving I the best took, for last. I took this a couple different ways. So first off, I I kind of was reminiscing over the year and what were some uh, standout dinners that we prepared at home. Um, and I will, I will say that I, I bet for you, most of the stuff that's your favorite is going to be stuff that you prepared at home. Correct. And... This is not to sound snobbish, but as you as well, you and get, I couldn't compete with you guys in my cooking, so that's well, why I was like, I'm going to do places that we ate out at because no, no, I feel, I feel, I feel it's just, a little bit different too, and I just I can't compete with I some just of those feel like places. A lot of times, and a lot of times as as you progress and mature in the in the in your ability to prepare meals at home, I, I'm a true believer in a lot of times that if a lot of times, this is not to sound snobbish, but a lot of times I'll go somewhere and I'm disappointed by what I pay for at a really nice steakhouse steaks. or somewhere. Or, Usually steaks. Or, or Usually at a, steaks. Or at a barbecue joint because what I have at home is better. And that's just probably because I can spend, I'm such doing a, such a small quantity that I can just give it better care and attention. I than, think most than, people that really like cooking a steak would agree that it's hard to beat it's hard to beat a steak that they can cook at home, especially when you can get a local a local meat market and get a nice porterhouse or a nice right. filet or something like that. Really, really fresh and just do all everything you can to it that you normally would yep. and sure. you know probably eight or nine yep. times out of ten that's the case for people that like cooking you steaks. Know, I, I hit all ones uh, right here in Peoria quite frequently. They're my kind of go-to place. Uh, there's some other great places here in town as well. I did the fillets from Pottstown uh, last night, know, your reverse sear method, and they turned out Pottstown and then, like uh, melt you know, in your mouth tender. It was great. Obviously, Raber's had the, uh, Raber's, the, the yeah. fire, uh, but they'll be back and better than ever. So yep. um, we wish them the best on the rebuild after their fire. But, all right, uh, so, so dig in couple meals here um a non-meat category uh, we had a we did a steamed mussels and a white wine sauce and that was just very memorable turned out very nice um nice i'm just gonna kind of love mussels i'm just love gonna, them yeah I'm, I'm gonna go over these pretty quick uh the other ones would be um beef short ribs full plate of uh you know full rack of uh short ribs uh cooked low and slow uh, a beef tenderloin, uh, smoked and then reverse seared, and then uh, the last one that was really memorable was probably uh, Brian actually introduced me to this. It was a, a rotisserie. Uh, he actually did a, a, a Boston, uh, you know, Boston butt, butt, and put a bacon weave on it, and he put it on a rotisserie over his grill for several hours, and that was very memorable as well. Um, 
but just the top this, this Brian. This Brian right here, the one I'm looking at. I mean, we, we have a lot of Brians that listen to the podcast. One is the uh, Southern food expert, Brian Wilburn. And then we have we have Dr. Brian here. Dr. Brian. Dr. Brian makes a pretty mean rotisserie uh, dish. So, But probably the one that I want to talk about that's probably my favorite uh, of 2018 would be the, the the smoked reverse seared process and the problem the Thank one I'm you. Gonna, the one I'm gonna pick out here Thank would be you. would be the beef tenderloin. So this was a perfect example of what you can do with this. So on my smoker I set it up very low and slow, probably uh, set it up at about two two hundred and twenty degrees. And the goal here is not to necessarily cook the beef but just to more infuse the smoke. Um, I think I had a blend of Hickory, oak, and I believe, I think there was a, a cherry wood in there as well. But uh, so low and slow, and this isn't a long process actually because I, I probably smoked it for about an hour at that low temperature. I was, I was kind of, wa- I was monitoring the internal temperature. I d- really didn't want it to go over 110 while smoking. So as soon as it got to about, you know, 105. 110 somewhere in that range I pulled it off and what I had right next to my smoker was I actually used my my Weber grill and I, I cranked that thing up as, as hot as it would go and I put that cast iron skillet on there it's a, just a flat skillet do you know how hot it got up to it was probably 600 plus Ooh, wow so I, I had it going for quite a while it was, it was nice and hot so at that point you're pulling that off after it's in, infused the smoke then I lay it on that cast iron skillet, and now you're searing after the fact. Instead of first, you're searing it last, oh, and yeah. you're locking in all that smoke, and and that flavor is just uh, all locked in at that point. So I just kind of seared it, rolled it each side, continued to sear it, uh, monitoring uh, for internal temperature. Um, so the group that I was cooking for, we have a we have a variety of. of uh, profiles there for how people like their meat the nice thing is this beef tenderloin was kind of tapered get them all the very end you can get medium well when the the middle is a perfect is a perfect medium rare so i was kind of monitoring the the smaller side kind of watching for that that medium to medium well because i knew you know my parents and uh my in-laws that they would prefer that but i knew uh monitoring the other side i was more at the uh the medium rare side is what you're what I would gravitate towards, and my wife as well. So it worked out really well. Really well. Um, pulled it off. It was probably one of my best uh, meals of the year. Is actually for uh, awesome. Christmas Day dinner, oh. and it was just it was fantastic. I love the holiday, really, really yeah. good meals that you can put together I, I, with I wanted, friends, I wanted to family, do something or something that was kind of special and kind of a wow. But the uh, you know the the beef tenderloin it's it's a little pricey but man it it, it throws that wow factor it's worth it if you do it the right yeah. way it's it's i yeah. mean it's no no question it's worth it was it. actually the first time i ever did a beef tenderloin and it turned out fantastic yeah. and uh, i was i couldn't be more happy about mark it. we know we know a first time cooking for you with any meat you're not going to screw up <laughs> nope no way yeah the the reverse sear method has now become my go-to method for anything meat related when you want to lock in yep. not only that flavor but that moisture and it's super low you don't you're right you don't even have to cook it uh, i haven't i've done it tons with steaks now i'd like to i'd like to do it more with pork chops like bone-in pork chops 
So pork chops, you'd be okay, but you, you need to be careful depending on the, the, the type of meat that you're using. Like if you're using a brisket or something that's going to be a much tougher meat, you need to go more of the low and slow method because you need time and heat over an extended amount of time to break down, you know, the the fats and the, the, the connective tissues and those things. That, that's how brisket gets very tender. Yeah, and, that 200 degrees, right? But if you're talking about a beef tenderloin, you, it doesn't need to be any more tender. That's such a great piece of meat that yeah. you don't have to worry about that. So actually the whole process for that was less than an hour and a half all said and done. So, uh, you know, kind of watch what you're doing with the, the type of meat that you're selecting and, and pick your process appropriately. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And one last point, I don't know what you guys think about this, and I assume you probably agree, and it's maybe just an easy comment, but when cooking stuff like this where it's you kind of have some special techniques that take a little bit of time, I just love having, like, especially with beef, if I'm cooking beef, I almost love having a glass of red wine, like a nice cap yeah. or something, while I'm going through this process just as much as I like Absolutely. drinking it with, with the meat itself. Like that's, I love just having a nice glass of wine while I'm doing all of this. That's almost like, mandatory in the Barrick household that there is a nice uh, red wine poured while... While cooking. Right. Yeah. While exactly. cooking. And I, had the, we, I did a pork tenderloin for my grandparents about a month ago, and we were talking about that. And he's like, I probably drink more wine prepping than I do sure. eating the meal. He's yeah. like, because yeah. I always have at least a glass while I'm making everything because yep. I just love that. We kind of <laughs> had a long conversation about that because it is. It's just like well, an you, enjoyable part of everything. If you enjoy the prep and the cooking process. Absolutely. You know, that's where I you fall it. in love yeah, with so cooking do I. at home versus being uh, served at a restaurant. There's nothing wrong with that, but like you miss out on that prep part yep. and, and the, you know, the, uh, <laughs> air quote the the pregame with the delicious wine for sure well yeah and like for instance we on new year's eve were we were making a risotto and my wife is the risotto master because that is just patience and adding and slowly adding the nice thing about that is it involves wine and so she can stand there stir it (laughs) stir it add some drink it while she's making that (laughs) and she loves a good sauvignon blanc which we love using with our risotto so that that is always a, a, a you're right it's a mandatory a bottle of wine yeah. with good cooking yep. is paramount I, I look forward to it because it, it's actually you know a lot of times you know with three kids the house can get kind of hectic but it's yeah. a time the, the kids kind of they go they, play legos they go play and it's a time go that play. like um, you know my wife and i we can kind of spend time in the kitchen together and you know crack a nice bottle of wine and we can have a conversation whether it's about the week or whatever the topic is go play nerf guns just wear your eye protection eye (laughs) protection (laughs) yeah so yeah agreed all right last category best cocktail wine bourbon etc and we'll make this kind of quick daniel i'd love to hear daniel's god daniel so, number one, now he, 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 this was a last minute. He said the Pappy 15 that he shared with you, Ryan, he probably would put that as one of his top. He said, otherwise, Eagle Rare Neat. Ooh. Number two, Eagle right. Rare and an Old Fashioned. George T. Stag. Hmm. And then he had the... Uh, <laughs> Good Mi- choices. Michter's 46 in, an, in a Manhattan. Okay. The 2014... Bella Gloss Pinot Noir and the 2014 Frog's Frog's Leap Cab. Just real quick on, uh, just to elaborate on this. So 
Dan, obviously my brother-in-law. Is he um, your brother-in-law? Yes, he's my brother-in-law. <laughs> Are you married to his sister? Yes. Um, so Dan's at our house for uh, you know the Christmas, uh, New Year's festivities. This, this year? Yeah, th- just this uh, past week. And, uh, yeah, that was only I, a week ago. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready, and I come out, and Dan's like, hey, I, uh, you know, we've been having some bourbon and a few things. And he comes out, he's like, hey, I poured a different one. Is this, is this okay? And I look and see what he's got, and he's got a healthy pour of uh, George T. Stag. I was like, he just was helped like, himself. He's like, is this, uh, is this a good one? And I was like, um, yeah. I was it wasn't like, a serious question, was it? I don't know if it was or not. Well, you, I come on. What George he T. Might, Stag he, he might have been slow playing me. But, uh, no, and and obviously I'm cool with Dan. It's like, it's like actually that's a very good pour. No other you know, brother-in-law <laughs> can get away with that. So uh, no, it was just kind of a yeah. joke because he he kind of was like, ooh, I feel bad about that. I was like, don't feel bad about it. Enjoy it, man. But uh, I don't know if he's slow was playing it, me or was not. it hot? So it was hot. Had it some heat. Lot, had some lots heat, of oak. Lots of heat. Um, mine, um, in terms of a wine, the Molly Duker Shiraz, ooh. which is uh, we just had that not too long ago. It's it's a great Shiraz. Uh, I love it with food, love it with, of course, like steaks and things. Um, my favorite bourbon of the year has to be the Thomas H. Handy Sazerac Rye. Nice. Um, 2018? Yes. No, 2017. Oh, yours is 17, isn't Still it? Still a 17. Yeah. Surprisingly, out of all the bourbons that I actually now have compared to when I actually obtained that bottle, that one's still my favorite. Yeah. Uh, neat. Nothing. I don't want anything with Can't that. add anything to that, in my opinion. Um, in it's terms, got so much flavor. <laughs> in terms of an old-fashioned, and I love old-fashioned. It's one of my favorite cocktails. Um, my sister gave me a collection of, of flavored simple syrups, and I made an old-fashioned with the cardamom simple syrup, and I used a Michter's 46, which I think nice. is one of the better bourbons. It's so easy to find on the shelves. Michter's? Michter's. No, I'm Maker's sorry. Maker's Mark. Mark. Thank you. Maker's okay. Mark I was gonna, 46. Th- I was going to make that. Maker's Mark 46, Maker's 46 is like the ideal bourbon, in my Maker's opinion. Maker's 46. For a cocktail. A With blind, a cocktail. In a blind yep. taste test. In a cardamom, I towards that all the time. Yep. In a cardamom, uh, simple syrup. Uh, I put a little uh, orange peel and a maraschino cherry. Perfect old-fashioned. Mm. That was New Year's Eve. Uh, and then lastly, I can't go without saying the Heaven Hill 27-year. Uh, oh. That uh, they had That's so special. up the street at uh, our favorite Peoria Heights bourbon joint, uh, Hearth. Do you think they still have that? No. No. no? I would be surprised okay. if they did. Yeah. Yeah. Brian approves. Dr. Brian approves. Dr. Brian <laughs> approves. The Heaven Hill 27. And that was after a long night of a Friendsmas celebration, but still it was like... I had like the Kentucky Owl, and so then good. I went to the Heaven Hill Twenty Seven. I was like, "Okay, now I see. I see why this yeah. is what it is." I had lunch with some coworkers a couple weeks ago. Kyle, who's been on the podcast plenty of times, was a part of it. But some other coworkers who are definitely uh, not into the crazy bourbons, crazy beers, or whatever. And we were at Time uh, down in downtown Peoria. And they still do have the Heaven's Heaven Hill 27. Where? Down at Time. Uh, and wow. so actually, it looked Worth like they it. had about two Worth thirds it. of a bottle. And I asked them about it, and I asked the price, and it was expensive, obviously, but it wasn't. I mean, it's it's whatever. Right. And I looked at Kyle, and he's like, "I don't think you can get this with this crowd." <laughs> and I was just like, "Yeah, if I order." an X prize bourbon of that stature. Yeah. I'm going to hear about it for the rest of my life yeah. with these coworkers. Yeah. So yeah. Kyle and I were kind of like, maybe we just come back and split a two ounce pour like in a sure. week or two and, and do it that way. So yeah. 
could have been an opportunity to explain like how rare and how special that so was. So I had to do that with the Parker's Heritage 11 year that I ordered from there that was I think 16 or 18 dollars. So I was like, gosh, if I got to explain no this expl- one, yeah. I, I I just can't get one of these really crazy ones. Right. Yeah. All so. right, that's my list. Uh, that's Dan's list. Uh, Ryan, we want to talk cocktails, wine slash. Yeah, I'm going. I'm just going. Uh, my my best non beer drink of the year, and and I've got an honorable mention. So uh, I mentioned that uh, my best meal was at Sweet Basil in Vail, Colorado, and so part of that experience was uh, the bartender GM. They have a really good bourbon list there, and and so. Uh, my dad and some of the guys that he was with were talking about how I'm fairly into bourbon. I kind of know what's going on. And he said, oh, he said, well, we got uh, the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection series this year, a few bottles of each, uh, you know, but we're not cracking those for probably another week. He's like, are you going to be around for a few days? And, and I said, no, I said, I'll be around for one more day, basically. And, and uh, as we got eaten and drinking some wine and whatnot he said well he said you know what he said if you really he's like is there one of those that you would really like to try yes 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 he said all right he said i'll he said i'll give you a pour he said i'll open one he said it's no big deal we're not doing a crazy release he said so he said i'll open one for you You guys are all good people and and uh they know my dad and his friends from previous years being in there and whatnot so i had the uh william larue weller 2018 at uh at sweet basil that night and so i got a nice two ounce pour of it um and it was probably after the dinner kind of they probably served it to me as i still had a little bit of food left but kind of finished it as part of my dessert and i took some notes on it i don't need to go into too many details but it was it was just a really really special bourbon that seems uh, to be one of people's favorites out of the antique it collection. It seems right? to be. I think yeah. Eagle Rare is probably so hard to get that people don't try that. Maybe Sazerac too. Yeah. So when you get break down the Buffalo Trace, you you really do have the WLW and then uh, George T. Stag and Thomas Handy is kind of the big three. Yeah, you're right. And I think most people prefer the William Larue Weller. And so um, I actually did take some notes, and and my dad and his friends thought that I was being super nerdy, but I just. Who cares? It just had some spiciness, almost like it was a little bit of of, of rye base, um, but really dark fruit. It was sweet. Uh, some cherry, some honey. The oak was huge. It's a 12-year whiskey, so it's it's definitely got tons of barrel. Um, from that American oak, it's got some coconut and vanilla, too. Um, the mouthfeel was just fantastic. It was almost creamy. Like, you know, whiskey's typically pride themselves on not like doing adjuncts and doing anything crazy outside of the ingredients but it just had this like creamy feel to it yeah and um and on top of that i i just put in my notes i just put huge finish and huge in all caps with multiple u's and multiple g's it was just the finish lingered for about 10 minutes per step do you remember Um, what the proof was 125 okay. for, for the 2018. And so, and the other thing was that making me thirsty for bourbon. The other thing the that way. made it special was so we After went all these beers. We went skiing the next day on my last day there, and they have a sister restaurant that's more of a bar and pub type place that's right next door. It's called Mountain Standard, and if you're in Vail, Colorado, Mountain Standard is definitely a place that people go to for after skiing beers and stuff. And the bartender there, he said, you guys were the ones that had that WLW last night, right? And 
And I said, and they pointed at me. All the guys pointed at me, and I said, "Yeah." He's like, "Are you interested in another pour of it?" And I said, uh, "Absolutely." He's like, "Will you sell me another?" He's like, "I can get you one more." He said, "Do you want two ounces?" And I said, uh, "Yes, absolutely." So, uh, so I had two pour- two two ounce pours of it. Uh, one for dinner, one for like a post ski lunch brunch whatever. Nice. Um, it was awesome. Nice. I would like th- this. This trip sounds awesome. So yeah. we should start our own. The Pints and Provisions one year anniversary ski trip. Year, ski trip. Two year anniversary. Ski yes. Trip. Anyway, sounds good. And Mark, go. All right. So um, I broke this down into three categories. I went with uh, wine, bourbon, and a cocktail. Perfect. So uh, we'll start with the wine. Uh, probably the best bottle I had this year was a Lambert Bridge uh, 2014 Cab Franc. Uh, they're out of the uh, Sonoma region, just kind of a Russian River, uh, just slightly uh, north of uh, Santa Rosa, California. Cap Francs are kind of an underrated style, in my opinion. It was it was fantastic. It yeah. had uh, kind of a, a nose of, of blackberry, but had like kind of a, a bold spice on the tongue, so it, it was nice. Uh, for the bourbon, uh, this is going to go all the way back to our very first episode. The Jefferson's Presidential Select yes, 16 year. That Ryan drank all so to, good. To this day, I am still blown away. I couldn't away. keep my hands off it. I'm sorry. It was, to, it's I, been I so good. That, that is one of the that. best bourbons that I've ever had in my life. And it 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 will forever be etched in my memory. <laughs> and for the cocktail, I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go local here. Uh, right upstairs above us yes. at uh, Slow Hand Craft. Uh, they have a they have one called slow fashion. Yes, it's their version of a of an old fashioned. Uh, they I believe it used a 1792 small batch, then they use a, a house barbecue bitters and then a simple yep. syrup and just well done and and just exactly what you want in a cocktail. So yep. uh, shout out to them. And that 1792 had that interesting story where one of their barrel houses like collapsed. Absolutely, it did. Yeah. And I don't know if how how much they. Ended that was up the losing. one that made like news all over, yeah, and sure. it had they like lost. hundreds of barrels yeah, lost, they, right? Oh, yeah, more than that. Yeah. yeah, it's a sad day in the in the in the world of bourbon when like that happened. the 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 uh, the drone picture looked like a half acre almost was taken up of broken barrels based yeah. on the collapse, right? Yeah, yeah was, I remember that. That was I envy that's crazy. the grass. Yes. Yeah, I envy the grass. <laughs> so. People made some jokes about how uh, whatever they sell that didn't collapse would be some special. Oh, yeah. You know, they'll they'll give it a title of the the no, non-collapse 1792 you know, so or have, something like that. Their, and they have all their bottles, you know, like the small batch. They've got the sweet wheat. They've got you yeah. Know, all these. There's going to be the. Uh, Someone will find a cuvee of all the stuff that spilled right, out and exactly, put it in a bottle. Exactly, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, the collapse barrel. Yeah, yeah that's what they call yeah, it. absolutely. They sell it for like three thousand dollars a bottle. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been fun, guys. It's been great. I can't. I can't thank um, Mark, Ryan, and Daniel enough for joining me on this crazy adventure. That a year ago, I was like, "Hey, would you idiots like to join a podcast?" And like, this seems kind of silly and stupid, but um, I think we've had a ton of fun over the yep. past year. So, cheers to another yep. year. Good yeah. times. Thanks, cheers. guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks to Poor Brothers as well. Yeah, thanks Nate, to Poor Brothers. Nate, Phil, hey! everyone here. Robbie. Yep. Thanks, guys.